you could support the podcast in any way, it would be greatly appreciated. Follow the link in the description to make a donation. Welcome to episode 10 of the Kerry Football Podcast. We've made it to double digits. Uh, so thanks to everyone who stuck with us so far and, and listened and watched. And we really appreciate it. Um, Sean O'Sullivan's with me today. Sean, how are you keeping? Good, Adam. Yeah, are we on 10 already? We are. God, that's, that's yeah. You know, we missed out in a few weeks. All right. Barry John's travels and stuff. Um, and he's missing again today. But uh, we'll get him back next week, I think, will we? Yeah, hopefully we'll get Barry John next week. Yeah, so 10 down, I'll say the next milestone now is 100, so we'll see how we get that. <laughs> um, so look, last to get through this week, obviously uh, three of the Kerry teams were in action, the under-20s, the ladies, and, and the men's team. We're going to talk more about the men's team a bit later and, and the Cliffords and, and how they applied themselves um, and they acquitted themselves last weekend. But uh, I think it's just fitting to start maybe with uh, just a word on... on their mother, Ellen, who sadly passed away uh, over the weekend. Um, and Sean, I'm sure you'll join me in, um, in offering our, our sincere condolences to the Clifford family uh, at this difficult time. Absolutely, Adam, yeah. Um, the news obviously filtered through on, on Saturday that um, that uh, the Clifford's mom, Ellen, had, had passed away after, uh, you know, a long, long illness. Um, so I suppose that, you know, in a way it was expected but at the same time uh when you lose somebody close to you it's it's not easy um and uh not that I would have had much dealings with Ellen but I I coached David uh with development squads at under 14 15 and 16 and um to make life easy on myself Adam I I used Pramon as our base um probably not the not the uh, the easiest for everyone else but I I did it from a selfish point of view with with a young family myself at the time and uh, both Dermot and Ellen would have taken turns in bringing David and lads from that direction. A lot of the Crokes and Legion fellas would have came with them as well. They would have car shared, and uh, I would have, I would have, um, I would have had a few words with her. It used to be Saturday mornings. I would have had a few words with her um, as she was dropping them off and picking them up. And the same with Dermot. And look, all I can echo is what everybody has said, Adam. They're just a football crazy family and have been all their lives from both sides of the family, the, the Clifford and the O'Shea sides and um i went to the funeral on uh on on, on monday monday afternoon in, in killarney and uh it was no surprise to me to see the throngs of people queued up to to pay their respects to ellen and and to give their their wishes to to the family um and i mean that was from all um sides of you know be it football be it you know um friends of the family, friends of the, the Paddy, David and Shelley, um, obviously friends of Dermot and of Ellen herself. So it was it was lovely to see people getting together and, and supporting the family. They've had a tough few days and um, look, it's going to be a tough, a tough process now for the family over the next while. But yeah, we, we send them our best and, um, and, and, and just hope that they, they get the support and of, of friends and family uh, around them at this time, which, which I know they will. Yeah, exactly. We wish them well. Um, as I said, we're, we're going to talk about David and Paddy a little later when we get to the Clare match. But um, before we do, a couple of other Kerry matches were on over the weekend. We'll start with the under-20s, who had a disappointing defeat to Sligo in the semi-final of the All-Ireland. Sean, you know this grade very well. You were coaching that team for a couple of years there. What is it about the under-20 grade that Kerry seemed to maybe struggle a bit with when like, they have success at minor level, success at senior level? In between, it just seems to, to evade them. Yeah, if if I had the answer to that question, Adam, it, I'd be a happy man because obviously I spent two years inside the circle um, or inside the bubble with uh, with Declan O'Sullivan as manager. Um, 
you know, we we lost we lost the Munster semi final to Cork the COVID year. Um, you know, lost above in Parky Cueve. You know, maybe we could have put it down to that, but that wasn't an excuse either because everyone was dealing with COVID. Everyone's preparation was the same. We just didn't really show up on the night. Um, and then last season we won the Munster Championship by beating Cork and Tralee. And uh, similar enough to the lads on Saturday, we came up short in the All Ireland semi final to to Tyrone. Um, why are we why are we struggling to get to all Ireland finals? Why are we struggling to win it at that grade? It's it could be it's a number of reasons. Number one, I think, would be yes, the success is coming at minor level. And maybe there's a little bit of pressure on these guys coming up into the twenties that because it happened at the under seventeen or the old under eighteen grade, that it should automatically happen at under twenties. It doesn't work like that, unfortunately. Um in terms of the competition itself, I know Tomas was not using it as an excuse. He obviously looked at where Kerry went wrong and didn't play well on Saturday. I mean, uh, they would have been very disappointed with their decision-making up front. They had a lot of turnovers. Um, but, you know, and again, this is the same with every team, but you're 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 not getting these players um, for a sustained amount of time. Yes, you have them for a nice window of training, um, you're competing against a little bit against uh, Sigerson and first-year college games, but you you don't have them for um, a block of games. I know they introduced the developmental leagues, which were a good introduction by the GA to get teams games, but again, they're only glorified glorified challenge matches, really. Um, so the competition itself does need to be looked at in terms of. Do you play it at a different time of the year? Do you play it concurrently with the senior championship? Do you put it in a group stage like the seniors are doing? Do you give teams more games? Because, look, Terry obviously had a difficult evening their first night out against Clare. They got over it, but could have been beaten. They improved significantly against what was a poor Cork team, let's be honest about it, um, and obviously came up short against Sligo. You know, it's it's not an excuse, but, you know you're gone, you lose one game and you're gone. Um, but again, that's the same for everybody. It's a difficult one, Adam. It's a difficult one because the, the talent is there as management teams over the last five or six years, more now since we've won a, sorry, a lot more since we've won an under 21. We won it in 08, was it? Yeah, that's the last time. Was that last yeah. time Kerry got to a final as well? I think so, yeah, yeah. We won it in 08. I remember it because we we as a senior team with Kerry at the time, we were actually going out on a on a training camp the morning after Kerry beat Kildare, I'm nearly certain, in that under-21 final. And a few of those lads were coming with us, um, namely Tommy Walsh, Kieran O'Leary, David Moore, possibly. Um, and we went to the game, stayed in Dublin, and the lads flew out with us the following day. Um, so I remember it well. So look, the management teams that have been involved since then. And I mean, there has been some very, very good management teams. Um, we have to look at ourselves as well, Adam. We we have to look in the mirror as well. You know, there's no getting away from it. When you take on a management job in Kerry, you're expected to win. And uh, we haven't done it at that grade. I was part of it for two years and we came up short. So maybe we need to look at that differently. Do we need to go for maybe more experienced people in the jobs? Maybe tie these players in with the seniors somehow. Maybe that's something we could look at. I'm not sure, but it's it's definitely a grade that we have underperformed at. However, in saying that, 
it's not all about winning these titles either because you just have to try and produce quality for your senior team. At the end of the day, that's what the underage grades are for. Of course, it's fantastic to win. We went on a fantastic run with our minors. We won five All-Irelands in a row. Brilliant. Um, We've won no under-21, under-20 since 2008. Okay, not great, but... Let's 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 see where we are we where we're at at senior level and are we are we producing players for our senior teams from those groups and we are we are okay they're taking a little bit of time to come through but they are coming through the 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 conveyor belt so I wouldn't be too down of course in Kerry we want to win every competition at every grade that's just in us that's our heritage it's our history but at the same time I'd be a lot more worried if we weren't producing the likes of you know these guys coming through our under-20 team, the likes of, even though he didn't play at that level, David Clifford, the likes of Shawnee Shea, Jason Foley, Gavin White, uh, Barry Dan O'Sullivan, for instance, who's came on late on the scene. All those guys are part of your senior panel now, and they were all very successful minor and under-20, 21 players. So I'd be a lot more worried if we weren't producing the talent at them. But certainly, I agree, it's something we have to look at because uh, we have the quality at that age group. Uh, we just say, can't seem to get over the line for whatever reason. And as well, like the Sligo match, I, I found, as you said, maybe their decision-making let them down up front. Um, they looked a bit rushed at times when there seemed to be 10 minutes left. They were down two points and they, they were kind of playing with the kind of, I suppose, I don't know, was it fear or anxiety? They, they were kind of maybe going too gung-ho at that point and, and rushing shots when, you know, they had plenty of time to pick off two scores in that time frame as well. I thought, yeah. um, sorry to cut across you, I, I thought as well they were a bit unlucky with the, the referee on a couple of occasions. There was a couple of decisions went against them there. Like I think it was Killian Burke went up for a high ball at one stage. He, he took ball and man, punched it forward and the ref gave a free. I didn't see a free there at all. And Joy Nagel was penalised as well for attacking that I didn't think was a foul. So it's fine margins, isn't it, at, at this level? Small little things, yeah. Small little things, Adam. 50-50s that, you know, sometimes as the... What's the word I'm looking for? Maybe the favourite. Even though I wouldn't have had Kerry as, as overwhelming favourites. We spoke last week here. You asked me to to pick the three winners in the three Kerry games. And this was the one I was worried about. I felt there was extra time in it. And it, you know, quite possibly was looking that way for a long while. But I suppose when you are the, the, the favourite tag, maybe those decisions go against you. But again, that's not sour grapes. That's not looking for excuses. We weren't good enough on the day. Certainly, we did rush things up front. It was actually infuriating to watch as a supporter. So I could only imagine how Tomas and his management team felt and how the players felt. I'm sure they look back on that video this week or whenever they, they, they resurface and have a look at it. And they'll be disappointed. They did things that they probably wouldn't normally do. But again, in the pressure cooker of an All-Ireland semi-final, sometimes you you try things that, that you shouldn't be doing. You know, Rob Monahan, for instance, from Art Fort, who has really blossomed this year as a, as a Kerry footballer. I was really impressed with him. Um, you know, he kicked, started the game with two fine scores. And then at the end down, you know, when the game was in the melting pot, he took on options that, you know, he wouldn't probably have normally have done. But again, a young fella, his first year under 20, a bit of pressure on, you know, sometimes you do things that you wouldn't normally do. I've done them myself in games. So, um, and, and listen, we, the two years that we had the lads, we would never have, overly put pressure on them but it would have been mentioned from time to time that we haven't got to an All-Ireland or won an All-Ireland that great since 2008 and these young lads know that and realise that and they carry that little bit of pressure even though you try as a management team to keep it away from them of course they're going to 
hear it because they they see a paper or something on social media that says you know carry out to in the drought or you know carry looking to in the famine at under 20 um level they're that's subconsciously going to seep into their heads and as young lads you know that that's a pressure that they could probably do without but um look maybe maybe that's another thing that they're carrying on their shoulders but it was just a pity because it was an opportunity to get to a final they would be playing Kildare I, I thought down would beat Kildare in the other semi-final to be honest so Kildare have came through there and you know Kerry would have been well up and well able to give it to, to Kildare on the day so it's just a pity but back to the drawing board I I'm, I think Tomas took a two-year term so he'll be there again next year with his management team and, and he'll have another crack at it yeah, hard luck to the boys. And as you said, there's plenty of talent there. I'm sure we'll see plenty of them in the future as well. Uh, moving on to the ladies' match, they had a kind of a disappointing result, really. They were up 10 points against Cork. Uh, ended up drawing that game. A surprising result, the way that panned out. I noticed that uh, Daryl Long was speaking to the media and he, he spoke about some of the tackling that Clare were put, or Cork were putting in. He felt it was over the top. It's an interesting one, the physicality in the ladies' game. It has come up a bit in, in recent months and maybe over the last couple of years. You were involved with the Kerry ladies as well yourself. Would I be right in saying that, you know, obviously Daryl Long felt a certain way about the tackles last day, but generally speaking, would the female players be more inclined to think that there's actually not enough physicality in the ladies' game allowed by the referees? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Obviously, look, you'd have to get their take in it, but I, I would say so um, because, look... Yeah, I did. I did two years with them, um, Adam under Alan O'Neill from from your club Legion, um, and even at that stage, Adam, and I mean, I'm going back here a good five or six years. The strength and conditioning in the in in their game, in the ladies' game, was was really you know gone up to another level. Um, so you can only imagine where it's gone to now. You know, five or six years on, um, and I think w- what I found personally was that. The, the tackle itself and the amount of physicality allowed in the games nearly changed every game, depending on your officials. Um, some days you'd be able to, there'd be a tackle where either for or against you, you know, was allowed. And then the following week, you could be a very similar tackle or very similar circumstances and a free would be given against or for. So I think that was definitely one thing that, that I found frustrating in terms of it could change and vary from game to game. Certainly, I think in the last two years, maybe more, um, the, the ladies' game has got more physical. I think that Meath team that have won the back-to-back All-Irelands and that Dublin team that went on such a great run, I think they brought it to a new level. And I, I, I certainly think that they probably are, are craving more physicality in the game. Now, I can't say that I, I know what Dara is talking about in terms of the incidents against Cork because I didn't see the game. Um, I'm only going off his quotes and 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 the match reports that I that I've seen since, um, and obviously he wasn't happy with some of the stuff that went on. Um, so look, I, I I can't comment on that, but certainly I think that as an overall, if if you were to ask the ladies across the board from all counties, because of the work they're doing in the gyms and on the pitch in terms of their conditioning, tackling drills, work in the gym in terms of. Um, improving their strength and their their core and their conditioning, then they're 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 getting to a place where physicality should be allowed more in the game, and maybe the rules and the tackling needs to be looked at, um, and maybe then, if there was a clear understanding of what was allowed and what wasn't, then managers like Dara wouldn't be getting frustrated at what he felt was, you know, overzealous tackling. But 
again, that's just us from the outside looking at them, you know. Yeah, so it's not all doom and gloom for the Kerry ladies. They're playing to Prairie uh, this Sunday at two o'clock away, uh, mm-hmm. and if they if they win that, they'll advance. So um, it's not looking too bad for them still. Moving on to the the men's game, there was a kind of football final on over the weekend. Galway beat um, Sligo quite comfortably as well. I think it was the same margin as the Kerry game, fourteen points. I think so. Um, not a great weekend for the provincial councils really. If they're trying to trying to defend their lot there, it's hard to defend those two finals, but. Galway looking strong. Like, are they? I, I just feel Galway are being a little bit disrespected. They got to a final last year. People obviously rate them pretty highly, but should they not be considered top two, top three team at the moment? Oh God, Adam. Yeah, I, 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 I'm certainly. I, I, I would fear Galway in a big way for, for, from from Kerry's point of view. And I know we have a, a lot of a lot of work to do before we before we potentially see Galway down the tracks. Um, namely Mayo in a couple of weeks in Killarney, but. I'm very impressed with Galway. And what really impressed me the last day about them was, and actually I was listening to Tony McEntee, the Sligo uh, manager um, on, on, a, on a podcast uh, recently, or uh, actually today, just a couple of days after the game. And he was saying how they were so happy that they kept the likes of Comer quiet. Shane Walsh was very quiet, albeit we heard after he had been sick leading up to the game. Um, Sean Kelly, the, the marauding fullback from Galway. I know he came forward and kicked the score, but he was relatively quiet. So Sligo were delighted with actually keeping these fellas quiet, yet they still lost by 14 points. Do you know what I mean? And that was mainly down to, obviously, a fantastic performance from Matthew Tierney, who's developing into a fantastic player. John Daly at centre-back is a Rolls-Royce of player, Adam. I mean, his, his kick pass into Comer for the first goal was outrageous. Absolutely outrageous. You'd you'd rewind that twenty times and watch it, you know. Um so they are slowly what Pardrick Joyce has developed now is a really, really good panel. Ian Burke is a massive addition to their forward line. So what I think went against Galway last year, particularly in the All Ireland final against us, was the lack of impact off their bench. Whereas we had it, they didn't. And you just have to look at those great Dublin teams and the impact they had off their bench to win all Ireland's um, year after year. It was the, it was a lot a lot of the time their bench came on to win tight games. So I think Padraig Joyce can be very happy. He's not going to be shouting from the rooftops. He's he's similar to Jack. We got to our provincial final. We won it quite handy. Uh, loads to work on going into the all Ireland series, but at the same time, looked very very sharp and fit. So. Kerry and Galway are in a good place going into the All-Ireland Series. But to answer your question, I certainly wouldn't be disrespecting Galway. And are they in the top one, two, three in the country? For me, definitely. In fact, if I had to rate it right now, I would probably go uh, Kerry one, Galway two. And I would I would have Derry at three, Dublin four and Mayo five. That would be my top five right at the moment. Of course, a lot of football to be played, but... I'd have Galway right up there, not only based on last year, but Padraig Joyce is, is building a lovely squad and, and they are very dangerous. With uh, Derry in third place there in your rankings, would you fancy them so this weekend to, to win the Ulster final against Armagh? I would, Adam, yeah, I would. I, I think it's going to be, a, I, I, I hope it's going to be a good game. And when I say good game, I know the score lines in the Ulster Championship, we've spoken about them. They've been very surprising this year so far. It's been really free-flowing, high-scoring football. I think that will change on Sunday, but I still expect it to be a good game. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I think you'll have two teams who obviously like their systems, Derry in particular. Um, they'll be very tough to break down. 
I think Armagh have thrown off the shackles a little bit in the last couple of games and we've seen more of them from an attacking point of view. So I, I do see a really good game, a different type of game than we've seen in the Ulster Championship so far. It'll be tighter. But I just think Derry are a little bit further down the line than Armagh in terms of the way they're going about their business under Rory Gallagher. And that might sound a bit crazy seeing that McGinney has been in charge of Armagh now for, is this his sixth season or fifth or sixth season? Mm-hmm. But I just think that Gallagher has just brought this Derry team on so quickly in the last couple of years um, that they're used to these big games now. And, you know, they won Ulster last year. They, they they won't want to relinquish their crown. I think they'll win and they'll 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 be buoyed by that thing going into their, their All-Ireland series. So I think Derry by three or four, I think, Adam, on Sunday, yeah. And just briefly, Loud against Dublin will be interesting as well for, for obvious reasons. Oh, there's a novelty factor with Loud involved in Mickey Hart. Would mm. you give them a chance realistically? Can you see them putting it up to them or are Dublin just too strong? I can't. I want to. I'd love to. I'd love to see it. I'd, lo- I'd love to see if Loud can take, a, as we said last week, can, they, can Mickey Hart look at what Kildare did to Dublin and obviously see that, yes, Dublin can be frustrated. Um, and I think Loud might possibly do that for a while in the game. But I just can't see Dublin putting two poor performances back to back, especially at Croke Park. Adam, I just can't see it. Um, they'll have a they, they'd have a couple of weeks now. Desi Farrell would have had a couple of weeks to 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 you know uh, really delve into that clear performance and see what went wrong and why Dublin weren't you know as assured as they sh- they usually are because he knows that possibly Loud they're going to come with the same so. He's going to want to make sure that this time round, if Dublin are faced with that, that they're in a better place and that they have more answers to those questions, you know. Uh, and I think they will. A good team like that will always bounce back from a poor performance. And 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 I just can't see Loud living with Dublin's physicality and their pace, especially again going back to their bench. Dublin's bench is getting stronger all the time. So I would have Dublin winners there by I I I'd go seven or eight points to be honest um, I can't see it going any other way Yeah well to be honest in, in a selfish way I, I hope you're right I hope Dublin do put up a score against Lowe because it might hasten the demise of the provincials that are all enemy like uh, if, if Lowe go close it's kind of a, another plus point for the provincials which I don't think yeah, they, they gives, really want It gives it a bit of oxygen again yeah yeah. I know look that's, that's, not, that's probably a, a topic for another podcast but I mean you know how how many how many times are we here now talking about the Ulster final being the only really competitive game to look forward to in our four provincial finals, and it's something has to change, Adam. But again, that's probably for another day. Yeah, I found the last day when I went up to the match. Obviously, you're excited going to going to a Munster final, going to watch Kerry play any day is exciting. But I was kind of thinking to myself with the crowd around and all that, and people buzzing a little bit before the game. Do you think? How would people be feeling if if it was going to be a close match? If there was actually yeah. if there was a the potential there for an exciting match, it just it just changes yeah. everything. Well, actually, I got an interesting text from a friend of mine today uh, asking me what was I doing for the Kerry Mayo game now that it's been finalised for three o'clock on Saturday the twentieth of May, and uh, of course it clashes with a, it's county league weekend here. So obviously, look, there'll be there'll be talks of games being moved and maybe things happening like that, but. His text to me was the Kerry Mayo game in Killarney is like your Munster final now. It, it'll be like a Munster final weekend where we would have Cork down in Killarney, hopefully good weather, a massive crowd around. So that nearly replaces your Munster final. And he's right, you know. So um, 
yeah, looking forward to that one. Yeah, let's talk about the Clare match. Uh, there's only one place to start, really, and it's, it's with David and Paddy Clifford. When the news broke on Saturday of you know their their mother's uh, their mother's death, I think um, obviously everyone's first thought was with the boys and with the family, and you know it's a very tough time for them. It was well down the list of priorities at the time, but obviously the question is going to arise: Look, are they going to play in the match the following day? I don't know how you felt personally, but I I did actually think that they would play just kind of knowing their character and the way they the way they kind of carry themselves and how they feel about football and how the family feels about football. That's how it turned out. They were immense on the day. The way they carried themselves, I thought, was amazing. Just very dignified. You know, went about their business. Obviously, they're unbelievable footballers and they showed that on the day um, it was an emotional day for the family I'm sure but I don't know how you felt Sean but the way they carried themselves they were just a, a credit to, to Kerry football and, their, and to their family Yeah I was the same Adam um, of course the t- the messages were coming through of what had happened poor Ellen and um, of course you know after a while then it was I wonder will the two lads play I I, I felt straight away knowing knowing them and knowing their 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 family and their dad Dermot and and knowing how football Madeline herself was that they would play it it was never a question in my mind um and you know I suppose you had to wait until Sunday to confirm that but you know once you switched on the tv coverage and you saw them there with the lads and 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 they're ready to go sure look you knew you knew then it was it was it was uh it was only going one way and uh I think the big thing for me, Adam, was, of course, they put in two brilliant performances and, you know, helped carry to a convincing win. Um, but on a day where there must have been so much stuff in their head and going through their head, um, they just played their football. You know, there was no, like, they could have been very frustrated up on the pitch. And I know it was one of those games where nothing went wrong for them, really. And it was a game where Kerry were always in full control. There was no tight refereeing decisions or, you know, fellas going in with high tackles on them or bad calls or anything like that. But they 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 just completely concentrated on their football and putting in their best performance for themselves and, and, in, and in honour of their, their mom. They just got on about their business. There was no, you know, they weren't involved in anything. They they just, the, the game, they just, the game flowed for them. And uh, that was the big thing for me that there was no distractions on a day where, there sh- should have been loads of distractions for them. Uh, um, it, it was just unbelievable. But look, it was just the way they dealt with it. I don't know if, God forbid, it was I was in that position. I don't know, could I have done that? And and I think it's important as well to say that however anybody deals with it is, is, is their own way. Do you know what I mean? If the two lads had decided that they weren't playing, absolutely no problem and there was no pressure on the management and uh, it wouldn't people wouldn't have looked at them any 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 less than the fact that they did play so it people deal with grief in different ways i think jack o'connor spoke very well after the game and that it was nice for the lads to be around the team you know and it was a bit of solace for them and because they were obviously in for a very few tough few days after the match with the funeral and 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 and, and the week in killarney on on monday evening so for them to go and spend a bit of time with their friends and their teammates and maybe even shoot the breeze and talk about something else and have the game as a distraction, help them for a couple of hours anyway before they had to get back in the car and head back down to Fossa and and, and face the, the reality that, that, that was ahead of them. So uh, it was unbelievable. And um, look, 
they they contributed to a very good Kerry performance on the day. Yeah, David was majestic is the only word for him really. The way he just I mean, he took the way he took his two goals is unreal. He finished with two six. Um, there's not really much more you can say about him. Like it's just it's just phenomenal what he's doing at such a young age. But I want to talk a bit about Pawdy because Pawdy is 27. He's 28 in August. He is only in his third year as a starter for Kerry. He has two All Stars already. He could he could get one this year if, if Kerry had a good year. It just struck me the last day the way he was carrying himself and how professional he was and, and the way he played, how integral he is to carry his attack. How, like, there was a couple of years there where he wasn't getting on the panel and he wasn't getting anywhere near the team. And some people recognised that he had talent, but there was question marks about his attitude. You know, there's question marks about, oh, is he a bit of a, a short fuse? Does he have a short fuse? These were the things that people were saying when he, when he wasn't making it. Like, since he's been on the panel, I haven't seen any evidence of that at all. No, I have seen Paulie at matches and he gets worked up, he gets passionate. I play soccer with Paulie, I've seen it firsthand. He, he does sometimes, you know, get worked up. He's a very passionate guy and obviously very competitive. But his, his conduct for Kerry has been unbelievable and he's become such a, an important part of the team. It's amazing that he's only in his, his, his second year or third year as a starter. Yeah, I think there's a few things on that, Adam. First of all, maturity. I mean, you know, as you get older, um, you know, you do start to, I wouldn't say Paddy needed to grow up or anything. He just maybe needed to have a look at himself in terms of, okay, so I'm, I have the talent. I'm a very good performer for my club, for East Kerry. I'm doing it year in, year out in the county championship. What's happening? What, why am I bridging the gap between county championship and, and, my, and the Kerry seniors? I mean, I'm sure he used to look probably at Kerry panels and say, Jesus, and, and look at the forwards and say, I'm as good as him, I'm as good as him, I'm as good as him. And he was. So he probably just had to look at it and say, right, well, why why haven't I in there? And and if I am going in there, why haven't I staying in there? Um, so I, I think he matured. Again, I'm not saying from a growing up point of view, I'm saying from his game, you know, why where did he have to curb his attitude a little bit and possibly not change himself as a player because you want that competitiveness, you want that drive, you want that hunger, but maybe he just needed to scale it and direct it into his game in a different way. Do you get me? His tackling, you know, that 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 anger and that competitiveness he might have been showing in games that were getting him in trouble. Maybe he could direct that into tackling, turning over, chasing, winning a breaking ball, things that you want your inter-county centre forward or wing forward to do for you. So that was the first thing I think he he probably did. The second thing I think was he he had a great run with the Kerry Juniors, didn't he? So he he pulled on the Kerry jersey and okay, you can say what you want about the the junior uh, competition, but it put him in the limelight and it kind of said right, okay, well this guy is definitely worth having a look at. And all of a sudden, then he found himself in there, and once he was in, he hasn't looked back. So you know, it's it's. It, it it is it is a story really because I mean you know it it's it's guessed the fact that David broke through when we all knew he was going to break through and everybody spoke about geez you know I saw as I say I saw David since he was fourteen and it was a cert the man was going to play for Kerry and and be a star for Kerry there was no getting away from it but you'd always hear in the background geez the brother is every he's as every bit as good if yeah. he just if he if he just you know mm-hmm. it was always if he just but if he just what. So I think Paulie maybe probably got sick of hearing that if he just 
and went away and worked on his game. And I mean, he's he's just a pivotal player. Now, I mean, the the pass he played to David for the kick. It, like we all talk about the backdoor cut and we try and coach at a training with the hand pass. And we we got some lovely David. Second goal was a beautiful backdoor cut um, of Tom Sullivan, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. But I mean, to play a backdoor cut kick pass. Body. And I mean, he he actually pointed to David like that he was going to give him the backdoor cut kick pass. Yeah, telling everyone. <laughs> and I mean, he put, he put it on the money, like, and I know David's still a little bit of work to do to get there ahead of the keeper. Um, the keeper might have <laughs> seen David going up and saw his stature and 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 maybe maybe pulled on the brakes a little bit and sure David just stepped inside and buried it. But Paddy has become a central part and took Paddy a while this season to get back into the flow. Obviously, Fossa had the long run. Um, same with David, but they had the long run in the in the club, and you know, Paddy came back for the Monaghan League game and got a goal coming on as a sub in Killarney, and everyone thought, "Oh, geez, Paddy's back now." But he kind of went off the boil a little bit in the league, but without a doubt, the last day he showed every bit of his quality again. So um, he looks championship ready, and uh, in, in fact, the whole Kerry team looked championship ready the last day. Um, I remarked on Twitter about how they, they definitely handled a lot of ball in Portugal. Yeah, you didn't see a lot of that in the Tipperary game, but my God, you saw it the last day. Their skills, their kick passing in particular, I think Jack alluded to it after the game, was 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 on the money every time, typified by that that kick pass by um, by Pawdy into David and actually the Tony Brosnan crossfield kick pass to Ganey for Darren Moynihan's goal was a superb kick pass as well. So, yeah, look, we got to take the opposition into account, Adam, but... Kerry looked sharp and looked fit, yeah. They did, didn't they? They were very slick with the ball in hand. Any ball that came in to, say, someone in the full forward line, every pass was on the money. The timing of the runs was on the money. Everyone looked like they were just, compared to the lead, they looked so sharp and looked like they were bouncing around the place. It was a big contrast, wasn't it? Yeah, but we're, like, I think, you know, we want to be a kicking team, Adam. Of course, there's times where we can't do it because you're faced now, and you weren't the last day, but you are going to come up against it, but you're, you're faced with blanket defences, but Kerry want big pitches and they want to be able to kick the ball in transition. That's that's our that's always been the Kerry way, always been Jack O'Connor's way. I remember him coming in in 2004, his first year, and he just wanted to kick the he wanted us to kick the ball, kick the ball. Nothing moves faster than the ball, um, and especially when we're moving out of defence into attack, that pass out onto a guy into space where he's on the run. I, I thought Shawnee Shea, even though he didn't. Um, reflected on the scoreboard the last day. I thought he was excellent in the second half for his movement. He was an outlet all the time. He was involved in everything good we did. And I know he didn't get all his own scores, but if you watch that second half back, he was an outlet every time. And Kerry were able to just ping that ball into space to Shawnee on the move. And that's that's the way we want to play. Yes, of course, we need to be able to mix it. We're going to be faced with the the, the, the tight defences like we were in the league game against um, our man, Tralee, where we have to try and be patient and work the ball. We have to. We have to be able to do it. It's just the way it is. But when we're at our best is when we can turn teams over and move it swiftly and, and especially through the foot. We're we're unstoppable and brilliant to watch, which we were the last day. You touched on Clare there a little bit as well. They were quite poor. There's no getting away from it. As good as Kerry were, geez, in the first quarter there, they were leaving fellas unmarked in the middle of the goal. It was like they were just completely, I don't know, was this was the the occasion that got to them or what? It, it was just, uh, you know, like you saw Darren Moyne in there for his goal. He made a, a run from up near the sideline, or 10 yards in from the sideline, into the middle of the goal, the middle of the, middle of the square. 
and like no one's standing next to them. And as well, individual errors when they're going forward. At one stage, a fellas tried to solo the ball and it went 10 yards in front of them into someone's hands. It was just, must have been a very tough watch from a player point of view. Yeah, they, they, they looked very nervous to me early on, Adam. They were um, they were giving away a lot of ball, as you said, through the kick pass, especially Kerry got a lot of unforced turnovers. They were putting no pressure on Clare and they were just getting the ball back. Kerry looked to me, and again, I think Jack alluded to it in his interview after, that they wanted to work on getting goals or at least creating goal chances. Uh, he was unhappy with it during the league that they didn't they didn't open teams up a lot, and you could see that in like even that time when Paul Ganey got that kick pass from Tony Brosnan, like it would have been quite fine for Paul to pop over his score and and get himself off the mark, but he was looking for that pass into into Dara like and 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 Dara was going for goal straight away, you know. Um, as I said, we we I think we created eight, nine, maybe ten goal chances in the game when you look back at the ones we fisted over the bar as well, you know. I mean, Dylan Casey raced through first attack and, okay, his championship debut, I thought he was excellent, fisted over the bar, but if he composed himself, he possibly could have had a shot on goal or I'm even nearly certain there might have been a Kerry player waiting at the back post for a, for a tap-in. So I think that was a big thing that really put clear under pressure that we were we were going for goals and we looked hungry for goals. Um on the flip side of that, Adam, Clare kicked 15 points. You know what I mean? And uh, Jack wasn't happy after. He was said he would have been hoping to keep it to 9 or 10. Um, and on the flip side of that, then Colin Collins uh, said that Clare had aimed to kick 20, that they felt 20 could win the match, you know, because Kerry had, been, Kerry had only been kicking about 15 themselves on average over the league. No, he didn't... Uh, he, he didn't plan for the five goals at all, you know. But um, so I think Kerry have a lot to work on still. You know, Shane Ryan pulled off a couple of good saves. You know, we were got at through the middle. Clare left a lot of scores after them in the first half. Look, I'm not trying to in any way diminish the Kerry performance because they were clinical and they were lethal and they did what they had to do. But they'll know themselves looking at the, the video um, that there's plenty to work on because with Mayo coming to town, you know, and the way they've unearthed some really really good attacking players in this league they won't leave those scores behind if they're given the opportunities so um Kerry will be will be just uh getting back to basics now during the next couple of weeks and and, and making sure they can tidy those things up you know let's take a look at the player ratings that were submitted by supporters after the match average ratings here for all the 15 starters i'll just run through them there for the people listening on spotify and uh, apple Podcasts. so in goal, Shane Ryan, 8.2. Full back line, Dylan Casey, 7.5. Jason Foley, 7.6. And Thomas Sullivan, 6.9. Half back line, Graham O'Sullivan, 6.8. Tygan Worley, 6.7. Gavin White, 7.4. At midfield, Damon O'Connor, 7.6. And Jack Barry, 7.1. Half forward line, Darren Moynihan, 8.0. Sean O'Shea, 7.4. And Paulie Clifford, 8.7. And the full forward line, Tony Braston, 8.1. David Clifford, 9.5. And Paul Ganey, 6.8. So the two Cliffords at the top there, 9.5 for David, which I think might be the highest rating that, that I've gotten so far when I'm doing these ratings. And Paulie Clifford, 8.7. Tony Braston as well, 8.1. Any of those ones jumping out at you, Sean? Yeah, the aforementioned Dylan Casey on his championship debut. Uh, debut sorry, Adam, uh, 7.5. Yeah, very good. Thought he was really solid. He, he was good defensively and showed what he can do going forward, which you have to be now as a 
as a, as a defender in the intercounty game, you have to be able to do both. Um, Dylan has been waiting a long time to get a crack at it. And uh, I'm not sure what the story with Paul Murphy was because he, he was there and he was doing some work on the pitch. So his injury couldn't be too bad, maybe, if he was if he was doing... Do you, do you have anything on that, Adam? Yeah, I think I think it's hamstring, but it mustn't be bad. As you said, he was doing quite an intensive running session with Jason McGann on the pitch. And actually, during the match even, which I've never seen before, he was actually running up and down the sideline during the match. And he had his watch on, obviously tracking his... Um, his times or how much how much ground yeah. he'd covered, so like, yeah. he, he definitely covered a few k on the sideline. So uh, yeah. he, he can't. I'd say I'd be very surprised if, if he wasn't available in two weeks' time. Okay, so he's he's not too bad. So look, Dylan took his opportunity, and 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 as I say, he's been waiting for a while now to get in there. He's had a, he's been a very consistent county championship player as well for Stacks. So good to see him putting in a good decent performance on his debut. Jason Foley, I thought, was really good. Um, you know, he had Keelan Sexton to Mark, who's a, a good operator, but Jason just continues to impress me. His his pace, his ability to just get out there uh, with, the, with you, you know, the biggest compliment I can pay Jason is that you have to work really, really hard to get your score off him. Really hard. I, I just, I, I'd shudder to be marking somebody like him now as a, as a fullback because, you know, his pace, he, he, he doesn't mind. He'll he'll back himself all day long to to beat you out to a 20 30 yard uh sprint for a ball you know so he's he's being very consistent um like the six is there for the Tom Sullivan the Graham Sullivan the Tide Morley you know I suppose they they didn't have a whole pile to do do you know what I mean I I think sometimes ratings like that can be a little bit um suppose not false but you know when 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 they're probably not that prominent in the game because they don't need to be you know sometimes they nearly go unnoticed do you know yeah. do you get me do you know, yeah, do you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but the boys the boys will be fine of course they'll have bigger tests to come so no issues there up front of course look the big ones that stand out would be would be the cliffords um and tony Brosnan. but i thought darren minehan was really good adam uh he just he he gets better and better in terms of what he's bringing to the team. Yes, he he contributed on the scoreboard the last day, which I finally thought yes, okay, as a forward, a half forward, you have to be. But his work rate, his turnovers, like there in the start of the second half when you expected Claire to start coming and maybe you know start playing a little bit and trying to get back into the game or play with a bit of pride. You know, Dara was getting in their face. He was turning them over and he was loving it. He was his turnovers were to him worth a, as good as his scores, you know. So I think he had a really good day out. Um, Paul Ganey will be disappointed. He still just seems a little bit off it, you know. Um, he he obviously didn't play much league football, so I wouldn't I wouldn't be rushing to 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 get overly excited about Paul's form at the moment. He'll be okay. Um, he just needs another couple of weeks training and. Um, would he be under pressure maybe for a start against Mayo? Maybe based on the last day, but uh, he brings that experience and that know-how. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him getting the start again in a couple of weeks. But uh, his form, his form will, will come. It's just he had a later start than everybody else. So uh, I wouldn't be overly overly worried there. But yeah, those, those ratings are, are on the money really, Adam, when you look at them, yeah. What did you make of Tony Brosnan? I thought he was very lively in the first half, took his goal really well. He looks to be gaining more and more confidence uh, every time he plays, doesn't he? Absolutely, yeah. Smashed his goal in, took it very, very well. Um, and again, similar to Dara Minahan, Tony's playing out that little bit, you know, to give he gave uh, Paul and uh, and David the license inside the space inside the last day. 
personally, I'd like to see Tony closer to the goal, but this is the way Kerry are going to play him. This is the way they want him to operate because he is, he's not only a score getter, but he's, he's an architect of scores as well, as we can see from his kick passing, you know, he just needs to tidy that up a little bit. I know he tried a crossfield, his, his one to gain. He was spectacular, but I think he tried something similar in the second half into David and it just didn't quite come off. So he just needs to maybe pick his moments when he's doing those. But he, he again, his work rate, he, he had a lot of turnovers himself and Dara Minehan, you know. So obviously, Tony has been given this role in the team, um, different to the one he plays for Crokes, where he's that um, real poacher inside. He seems to be more playing for Kerry in, in a kind of a withdrawn role, but still popped up inside to get his goal and his, and his points. So... He's he's he can be lethal on his day, Tony. So hopefully now his performance the last day will bring his confidence on and um and we'll see even more of him now during the summer. There was only one real sour note or one thing of concern at the end of the match. Jason Foley went off injured. He went down in the 70th minute. Uh, Kerry had actually made all their subs and he pointed straight away. He went for his kind of upper hamstring, it looked like maybe his glute. And he actually worryingly he kind of when he went down to the ground, he put the other hand out and he was shaking it as if it was, you know, this is actually serious. So he was helped off the field, obviously. Haven't had an update yet, but I mean, he's such an important player for Kerry to be facing into Mayo without Jason Foley. That's a that's a different type of task, isn't it? Yeah, it would be. It would be. I I I I wouldn't read too much into this either. But afterwards, I saw him out on the pitch doing autographs, and I saw Jack. It was just a clip on TV. Jack came over to him, and you could nearly see Jack asking him, "Was he okay?" and I think Foley gave a positive, you know, um, reaction that he was fine. But look, that that was probably just straight after the game. So obviously, look, a lot can change in the first 24, 48 hours if you do have a glute or hamstring injury. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. He'd be a massive loss, um, Adam, especially with the forwards that Mayo possess. Um, and this is the thing that is going to decide a lot in this All-Ireland series, Adam, because your game, Games are coming every fortnight, aren't they? Mainly, yeah. isn't that the way it's working out? So, if you pick up muscle injuries like that, hamstrings, calves, quads, glutes, anything along those lines, you know, you won't have a lot of time to recover. Um, so, the team that can avoid these injuries are going to be the teams that are going to see the latter stages of the championship because, the, you know, if you start losing your better players to these. The recovery time is so minimal that you could you could lose them for big big important matches. So that's going to be a huge bearing on on who we see uh, in the in the latter stages of the All Ireland Championship. So listen, fingers crossed, Jason's okay anyway for Mayo. Yeah, and just a quick word on Mayo before I let you go. We're going to preview it properly next week, of course. But as you said, the game has been fixed for Saturday at three o'clock. I was just wondering, from your own experience playing for Kerry on big days in Killarney, what kind of atmosphere is that in the summertime when the weather's good and there's a full house there. It must be a special feeling. Brilliant, Adam. Yeah, brilliant. Oh, it's it's you. You just can't you can't you can't describe it really. It's um, like our big ones in Killarney really would have been the because we had such a good uh, rivalry with Cork back in the noughties. You know, you'd you'd uh, our our usual base used to be the. Um, well, it's the great. Is it the Great Southern now? By the train station, is it still the Great Southern? Is it's it the Great Southern again? Uh, yeah, so we used to gather there. We'd be downstairs there. We'd have our have our pre match meal. We'd go from there up to the stadium. Um, 
and I mean you'd be you'd be driving through the the throngs of green and gold and red jerseys, and the sun was out, and it was it was it was go time, and it was just absolutely fantastic. I mean, if you were a player and you need to get up for that occasion, then 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 uh, there's something wrong with you, you know. So we spoke about like we spoke about how Kerry would approach the clear game, Adam, and and it, it as I said, we touched on it. Every Kerry player that went out in the first 15 and the lads that came on, they want the jersey for that Mayo game because that's when the real business starts. And now the fact that it's in Killarney on a Saturday at 3 o'clock, it's going to be a bumper crowd. You know, I can only imagine what training is going to be like for the next two weeks inside in Kerry. They're going to be chomping at the bit to, to get a jersey for that game. So that all leads to good things. So, um, yeah, as a player, they're the games you these are the games you play for. So, uh Really, really looking forward to it now, and I'm sure the lads are as well. Yeah, I think everyone in Kerry is looking forward to it, especially uh, people at Clarny. Anyway, we're really looking forward to, to a great occasion. Um, we must mention as well the Kerry Miners, they're out on Thursday against Cork and Parky Creeve. That game's at seven o'clock, so best of luck to the lads in that one. Sean, listen, thanks very much for, for joining me for another episode, and uh, I'll speak to you again soon. No bother, Adam. Talk to you soon.